It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author. And not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Well, you know, now that we're coming into June, it's wedding season. And I'm going to cover some hilarious things I've seen happen at weddings. And also look at the, the real background when people are making their decision to be married. They have to pay, they have to really pay close attention to the who, what, where, when, and why <clears throat> they are doing it. Because I'll, I'll tell you, if, when things start to go south for many people, there were questions they never even asked. So I'm going to go over, you know, what I call the W5. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is a couple of articles, <clears throat> excuse me, that I just saw. One of them was from a father who is an article in the New York Times um, online. <clears throat> His name is David McGlynn. And he's talking about in the era of, you know, hashtag me too, where, you know, how do you raise boys to be good men? And he said, you know, the thought of one of my sons harassing somebody, he said, it just keeps me up at night. And he said, <clears throat> then he started asking his colleagues, this, he happens to be a college professor. So he started asking, you know, his colleagues and those who are experts in particular areas, what are some of the things that need to be done? And, you know, one of the first things a friend of his said was, look, you know, the, you know, the sexual pressure and the attitudes are all pervasive in, you know, in, in this particular, um, it, for teenage boys. And one of the people he consulted with was a University of Kentucky psychologist, Krista Brown. And she said, sexual harassment isn't a problem confined to the adult world. In fact, it begins much earlier. And by the time girls leave middle school, the majority of them have been sexually harassed, is what you know she responded. So here's the thing. Boys are often, you know, when you're a teenage boy, you are, this is the first time in your life you're learning to do things that, are just you, you know, they're not, there isn't a, you know, this is a time when you're making a decision about what you like, what you don't like, who you associate with, who your friends are. And these are often decisions that are going to impact for the rest of your life. 
you go into a sport that you're really good at, you go into, you know, a class that you're really good at, you find something that you're passionate about. But the sex, sexual bullying and harassment, you know, it's not simply confined to girls. I mean, boys get it a lot where they're supposed to act like a man. I'm, I know, you know, I've had men tell me that, you know, they had their brothers, you know, they fell and they really badly hurt themselves. And their brother said, oh, stop it. Now, their brothers were, you know, six years old or seven years older, and he was a little guy. But, you know, and it's, and it's not uncommon for homophobic slurs to happen in middle and high school. That happens all the time. I have, you know, uh, a gentleman I know, very successful, but he makes a point of always, you know, making faggot and gay jokes. Well, what do you think that's going to carry forward like? Of course it will. And, you know, maybe the boys are, you know, harassing the girls to stop themselves from being harassed. So when he asked this friend of his, Peter Glick, what do you do about how do you undo challenging the prevailing norms of masculinity? And what he told him, what Peter told David was, you need to, you know, get rid of, you know, the comments to men about, you know, man up or, you know, do this, you know, and don't, you know, basically just give points only for physical dominance. But one thing you need to be really careful of is teaching boys to be chivalrous. So this father was kind of like, well, isn't chivalry the same thing as being, having manners? And he said, no, manners are, they're courtesy. And it, you know, that's not chivalry. Holding doors, they're, they're examples of courtesy. In social, in, in social situations, um, if someone is showing, oh, I respect who you are, they stand when the person enters the room, whether that is the priest, whether it is parents, whether it is, you know, the woman that you are with. I mean, I, I went to a private school, so I had to stand when the teacher came into the room. And I remember my first year in high school, the teacher walked into the room and I just automatically stood up. <laughs> of course, everyone looked at me like I had five eyes. And I was like, oh, but it had been so ingrained. But that's, those are social observations. But chivalry actually puts into place that women need to be protected and that they aren't, you know, that they're vulnerable and they're fragile and they're less competent. And that's not the case. You know, and that if you go back and look at, you know, some of the uh, ridiculous uh, advertisements in the 60s, I mean, the one that made me just the craziest was the thing about ring around the collar. And the woman was supposed to feel badly because she couldn't get the grime out of, you know, the slob she was married to, couldn't get the grime out of his collar. Well, why don't you have him clean himself instead of making her feel badly? But that's the thing. We need to encourage a different form of empathy because sexual harassment and assault are often rooted in male entitlement. Hello, Harvey Weinstein, specifically as men viewing the women as objects. And if you want to have people realize something, start a discussion, you know, let's say you go to a movie and say, how count the number of women in the movie relative to the men. And if the male characters greatly outnumber women, or if the men are dominant, a parent can encourage a son to consider how a woman in such a situation would feel. 
And the other thing, Emily Kane, who's a sociologist, for, you know, having boys realize, hey, you know, there's, because if someone's living by themselves, they're going to have to do things for themselves, period. Unless, of course, they want to pay someone to do it all the time or, you know, be completely dependent on others. But you can change and adjust, you know, things by giving boys, you know, chores to do that typically would be, you know, break up the gender stereotypes in small ways. And I had this conversation with a friend of mine, and I said, well, why the heck isn't he doing his own laundry? He certainly knows how to operate a, a vehicle. He's driving. He certainly can operate a, you know, washing machine. And those are little things that, you know, and what they do is they add to someone having a greater, you know, scope of how to view the world. But the fathers are also often keeping the gender boundaries for boys in place. And the reason for that is, you know, they're concerned about if they stray from the typical norms that they will be, you know, they'll be judged harshly or teased or whatever. Think of what Magic Johnson had to go through with his son. And his son is totally comfortable in his own skin being who he is. And he uh, will wear dresses, he'll wear makeup, he will... He, you know, is, has a, a message being given that he is who he is in his skin and he's comfortable with it. Yet, for Magic, here he was, one of the top, you know, athletes of his time, and his son is, you know, gender, you know, querying. He's, he is out as being, you know, he has his own identity as to what is his presentation of self. And his father is supporting him. Now, one of the things that you can do is when you have these conversations, we know from a sexuality standpoint, we know that the most powerful and most pervasive of all the um, attitudes that kids carry forward are invariably based on their parents and conversations and attitudes their parents have. So, you know, it just means... Keep on with it. Have those little conversations, whether in the car, dinner table, doing dishes. You know, it, sometimes it just takes in listening before you jump in with their answer. So, anyways, I thought that was a really terrific article. Another one that <clears throat> I was trying to find, which is a phenomenal article on circumcision. And I'm going to see if I can find it over the break because we're coming up to our break now. But it literally talks about, and I've known this for a long time, that um, Jews were very much discriminated against in Roman times. So what they did is they would um, know who was uh, Jewish because they would see that there was part of the foreskin had been removed. But it wasn't the whole foreskin. It was only part of it or a drop of blood that was to be the covenant with God. And then that because they didn't want to be discriminated against, these athletes and acrobats would tie the foreskin like in a little bow at the end of the glands, the end of the penis, because an exposed glands was considered to be incredibly vulgar. And then the moils decided, oh no, we're going to make sure this is all taken care of. So then they, you know, tear it and cut the whole thing off. Now we're coming up to the break. Um, when I come back, I'm going to talk more about circumcision. 
and the things and why it doesn't need to be done. And then I'm going to talk about the best places for people according to Expedia. And then we're going to be talking about what you should be thinking about in wedding season if someone's asking you, if you're asking, or if you're going to them. Because the wedding invitations are now starting to flood in into the mail. Uh, We're coming up to our first break, and I'll be back right after this. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Padgett, techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's Here's some fun facts about noses and ears I'll bet you didn't know. Did you know your ears secrete more earwax when you're afraid than when you aren't? And generally, people with asthma have better hearing than those who don't. Now, here's a word for you. When someone gets their ears pierced, they're actually piercing their pinna. The pinna is the fleshy part of the earlobe. Did you know it's possible to sneeze so hard you can break a rib? That happened to my husband's secretary once. And according to research, you'll blow your nose 250 times this year. Scientists have also determined that the smell in your right nostril is more pleasant, while the smell in your left nostril is more accurate. By the way, twice as many men as women can wiggle their ears. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I was looking over the break to see if I could find it. I had it up on my screen this morning, and I have closed it. Um, but the, the important thing that I want to point out about this is that when a baby boy is born, 
the foreskin is literally with a membrane sealed around the head of the glands and it literally will it has um like a little contractive muscle at the top of it that covers up the urethra to stop things like in the diaper from getting into it but it also the inside of the foreskin is some of the most sensitive skin on a man's body bar none and the thing is it it isn't fully retractable until uh, around age you know 11 12 you know 13 15 whatever it isn't fully retractable and what happens is what they call a smegma is something that is there to protect the skin it keeps it um moist it keeps it you know because it's a it's a mucosal type of tissue so when they are literally circumcising these little babies when they are just days old they literally are ripping apart membranes that are fully intact and then they wonder why these little boys are traumatized why they are screaming and I mean if you see how they four poster them down and do it you would and the main reason that people are saying they're doing it is for help I call bullshit and so does science and the reason it's being done is because of cultural and so they can look like dad well in all actuality what they are doing is reducing the sensitivity of that boy's penis who will eventually likely become a man and they're also increasing the likelihood of infections because they've got these open, you know, sores now that have to heal. They have they'll be putting, you know, product on it which will, you know, can cause inflammation and all in all it's a totally barbaric thing to do. And the whole thing started out because of a very sex phobic time and anti-masturbatory time. in 1800s 1700s 1800s so i mean it's just ridiculous so they've got and kellog cornflakes he was one of the people who was most about you know giving people food that would have them not be the least bit interested in sex so he gave them a bland vegetarian diet well, that's pretty boring all right but i'm going to see if i can find that for next week but in the meantime let's go on to the um article by Expedia talking about where are the best places what do they what do they call it they call it looking for love in all the right places survey reveals the best cities in the world for singles to find their dream partner now i don't know how you know they have the example of one person here um but they're saying that las vegas was one of the number one places to find a partner there now I guess my next question for Expedia would be how long did these partnerships last for for the weekend and then you know once you're out of Vegas it's not there um but I think what they have done is they've tried to do a little bit a little bit of a um spin factor on this because they've got a couple she was from Vegas he is from Australia they met they didn't meet while and they did a Tinder right swipe and work but they didn't meet until he was back in Australia but best places for singles according to Expedia and i think it's because when you are traveling and away from where you are because these are all places where people go for holidays 
Las Vegas, Miami, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Cancun. And given that Expedia is a travel site, this is why I'm you know, thinking Rio, Amsterdam, Maui, and Paris. Okay. Now they're saying that the best places for couples, again, I'm sure it's their metrics that say that these are the places where couples have traveled, so these are the best places. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. But I do know that when people are traveling and they're out of their standard element, they are having more sex, they are having more fun, they don't have the day-to-day responsibilities, they're having a good time. And the other thing about best places for singles, particularly Las Vegas, Miami, Los Angeles, Cancun, and Rio, and Maui, they take really good care, tend to take better care of their bodies. So there are better looking people. And I'm sorry to say, but unfortunately, certain areas, but I mean, you just have to go a little bit outside of, you know, certain areas in Los Angeles here, and people are not taking care of themselves. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're invariably not going to be the person that someone is going to be approaching. Um, I mean, that's, you know, from both women and from men. So the thing that I, I, I like about this is it makes people feel good about the places that they're choosing. But I think there's a whole lot more to this than just the spin factor of Expedia saying, these are the people who chose this. Couples chose this. or 41% of couples said Maui was the best. No, and it may be that couples chose Maui from, you know, certain coasts because it's easy to get to. Who knows? Now, here we go. I'm going on to wedding season. And I have to say that, you know, we've seen the evolution of a number of uh, things that happen when people decide that they're going to be getting married. And for me, one of the things that, I mean, I've never been a fan of it. But the destination wedding, where everyone is expected to, and I love it especially when it's over a a long weekend, right? You're supposed to give up your long weekend, spend your money, travel to an event for them, and, you know, you have to pay for, you know, your trip, your, your, some of your meals, you have to pay for all of a sudden, and get them a gift. And then they have, you know, then they get all bent out of shape because they're buying you a meal. Okay? They're giving you a dinner. You know, or and if you're traveling there, that's the rehearsal dinner. Well, you know, let's be honest here. I wish people would think more before they got married than after the fact. Because the, you have to look at what you're getting married for. The who, what, where, when, why. Who is this person? Do you know who this person really is? Or have you decided they hit your list? You know? Are they, do they um, have a certain look? But if you're marrying based on a list, you're marrying a list, let me tell you. And what do you think they are? You know, are they a nice person? Are they a kind person? Um, I, I laugh when I, supposedly, when Meghan Markle was being introduced to Prince Harry, though there was another uh, individual in Britain who wanted to be introduced to her. And, but this guy was, to put it mildly, Ashley Cole, a bit of a cad. Uh, he's just, as we would say, not good dating material, not good marriage material either. But anyways, her question to this person was, well, is he nice? You know, 
She wanted to know if he was nice. And because when people at certain levels are, you know, when they're meeting someone, they want to know they're with a person who has a kind heart. I'll tell you, men have told me that one of the number one reasons why they fell in love with certain women is because these women had a kind heart. Yes, you know, they, they liked what they looked like, but you know what? If you were with someone who looks amazing and, you know, wow, they're like awesome, but they're not nice, it won't last. It won't last for an extended period of time. It may last for a certain amount, but after, after a certain point, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be around this any longer. And what people have told me is the people that they have found the most attractive, the sexiest, and their best sex partners have been the people who didn't have the best bodies, didn't have the best look, but they paid the best attention to them, and they had, they just, they really liked them for them, not for the size of the wallet. Now, who, what, where, where, now where are you in your life? Are you at this point where you go, okay, is the clock's ticking, I need to be having a child right now. And I note this when I see women who are graduating from med school and they've gotten married the year before. It's now time they're graduating. They're about to start a residency. So it's time to get pregnant during that final year before they go into their residency. And there couldn't be anything that's going to be more of, you know, a flip the switch on your life because their whole world is going to change. And so when they, when people are looking at it just from a timetable of when they should be getting married, chances are they passed up the one who was the real love of their life um, two or three people before. And just because it wasn't the right time. And yes, time can be important, but I'm going to tell you, it's more important to have the right person. Timing always happens at, you know, Life is one of those little funny little crapshoots that we occasionally have no clue what's going to be happening next. So if the when you decide I've got to be married by the time I'm 30, you've got to, you're reducing your, your choosing and you're reducing your ability to have a good choice. Here come the tunes. When we come back, we've done who, what, when, and then we're going to do where and why on why you're getting married. And then I'm going to talk about funny wedding things. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Pantit. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. ever been rock climbing? I recently tried rock climbing for the first time while on vacation in Colorado. I was a total Gumby. That's slang for a newcomer to the sport. As a Gumby, I was guilty of excessive hangdogging or holding onto the rope instead of grabbing the rocks. Rappelling, also called abseiling, is descending down the rock using the ropes. 
As I was climbing up, my husband hollered up to me, Hey, there must be a word for this. Quick's a tickle. Or a foolish, capricious person in the pursuit of ideals came quickly to mind. When I finally got to the top, it started raining. And there I was, literally between a rock and a hard place. What's the word for the fear of high places? Batophobia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When it comes to reducing your risk of heart disease, exercise can be as effective as medication, according to Harvard Medical School. How exciting is that? We are blessed to live in an age where there are so many medications available for many illnesses and maladies that were not available before. But several of the medications have side effects and are not easy to take. The good news is that exercise has the ability to keep you from developing diabetes, high blood pressure, stroke, many forms of cancer, and can reduce your risk of heart disease. Not only will working out and being active help you not get these diseases, it will also increase your quality of life, your energy, and your general outlook. So rather than reaching for medicine, reach for your workout shoes instead. In many cases, exercise is the best medicine. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Before the break, um, given that this is now wedding season and the wedding invitations are coming in the door, I actually got a wedding invitation where I, the thing, <laughs> it literally, it was mailed from another country. Um, it just had my name on the front, Lou Paget. It did not have an address below it, but my address was in the return address section and somehow I got it. Um, but my thought was who is the person who's addressing these things that's never seen an envelope? Have they never received a letter themselves? They obviously know how to write and they obviously know how to read, but they didn't know how to put the address in the right form either in the return address. I'm like, are you kidding me? So avoid having wedding invitation disasters. Get someone who knows what they're doing. Find someone, if necessary, hire a professional. Anyway, when we talk about getting married, I, I ask people, you know, are they getting married for a reason? Are they getting married for a purpose? Because the two of those things are slightly different, and I'm going to talk about that in a sec. But we talked about who, what, when, but there's five W's, who, what, where, when, and why. So the when, if the only time, the reason you're looking is you have decided, I remember one gentleman, he made the decision that he wanted to be married by the time he was 40 and wanted to have his first child at 41. Nice going. Um, and so he ended up getting engaged to a woman who she didn't really want to have children he absolutely, you know, he pressured her into that. And, but he, so the thing about, you know, having kids at a certain time and getting married at a certain time, it isn't only, you know, one, you know, one sex 
that is promoting this. And the other thing is, if you are getting married for a particular purpose, like you want to start a family, make sure you find someone who wants the same thing. Don't use another expression of, oh, I want to, I want to be um, married. Uh, I want to have, you know, be, go through life with someone. No, just say what you really want. It's going to make your whole life easier. So who is this person? What is this person like? When do you want to marry? Or, and, you know, but remember, timetables always switch. And, you know, I love that uh, Mother Nature and, you know, Mother, Father, God have a great sense of humor about sending you someone when you're kind of like, uh, what are you doing here? Because that's, for many people, that's what will happen. And so, where? Now, where do you want to be married? That can be typically a pretty easy thing. For people to figure out but here's the real thing where do you want to live where will you you know do you want to have things you know parents being involved um, I have a, a relative who's getting married next month and uh, he is they're looking at moving out of where they are currently residing because they want to start a family right away but if they move from where they are they're not going to have the support system of both their families. And they're going to be in a new place with babies and children. That's tough because at this point they both have to work. And the whole thing is they know that they're clear. They've been together for X number of years. They adore one another. But where they want to go is now something that's creating a little bit of tension. That's often the case. Um, Someone says, well, we'll, you know, you'll do this. Then you have to ask those tough questions before you do this. Now, why? You know, this is the, the final question that I ask people. Why exactly are you getting married? Are you feeling that my career is in the right place? Financially, I'm, you know, in a good space. I'll, I'll tell you, it's pretty tough now, particularly in California, to try and find a place that is affordable, that um, is in an area that you would like to be in. Ran into a woman today, she wants to get a house, but she would have to be looking at going out to, way out to Valencia. And even there, you can't find something. But that's, you know, she knows what, what, what she wants to be doing. But the thing is, the why you want to get married is really important for the for the tough questions. Is it as you know this one hallmark movie? I thought the light, the writing was great. Is if she said, you know, you get married because you can't stand the thought of not you know going through life with them. You can't stand that. If you are just ambivalent about why you are getting married, please don't do it because if you create children, you're creating an ambivalent situation for both. I've watched people who have years. They you know, things started out really good in the beginning, and then they found out after the fact this person wasn't at all what I thought. I have one friend of mine, and he, he made this statement, which I thought was pretty funny. He says, I didn't realize that I had married a, you know, a complete loon. But, you know, he did. Another person, 
you know, this was not the person who I married. So people can not be who you may think they are, or you may be a little blinded to it, but you have to ask the really, you have to have those tough discussions. What's going to happen with, you know, the, if there are children, what's going to happen if I don't want to be working? And my one friend, he found out the hard way that as soon as they got engaged, she quit her job. And she quit her job because she said it was so much work planning a wedding. Are you kidding me? And uh, his friend was telling me this, and I said, Mark my words. This woman will never have another paying job. Mark my words. She will be pregnant within two months. Yep, that's exactly what happened. They now have four children, and he realizes that, you know, he said, I married, you know, a woman who is not mentally stable. And that's kind of a tough thing to do. He won't leave because, you know, he wants to be there to be an influence for his children. No kidding. So if, there, if, you, if you know why and you like the person, you've had the discussions about money, do you know what their money situation is? Do you know have they paid their taxes? Do you know if, you know, they're had other, you know, financial things? Um, I knew one friend of mine, she got married. They had been married for, I think, four years. And she was renewing their uh, passports for a trip. And she found out that he was like seven, eight years older than he had told her all along. He lied about how old he was. And he also lied about what his job was. Well, Needless to say, things kind of, the wheels came off on that rather quickly. But, you know, if someone is hiding a secret, eventually it will come out. Now, are they, is this, are you getting married for a reason? Is it a business decision? Is it something that we look good together on paper? We are a good match. We're, you know, perfect for one another. Is the main reason for it because you're the same religion? Be careful there. Unless it's, you know, a particularly, you know, important thing for both of you, you may not know what the person is like. And you may think, oh, they're going to be the same as, you know, what my family is like. Not necessarily. Um, unfortunately, we've seen situations where, you know, arranged marriages have gone disastrously bad, particularly in India. Now, if the purpose is you want to start a family, you know that you're ready to give love and support to other people and you feel that your purpose in life, you know, your service in life is to be a parent, then have that be your purpose. If your purpose in life is to create something with this person and grow, you know, going forward, perfect, do that. But this is a time when we now have a new generation of people who are, they're making decisions unlike their parents did. And I'll use as an example, European royals. For the first time, there's really only one, I think there's one, I think the Belgian, I believe she was, um, had an aristocratic title. No, there's Belgian and Luxembourg, the, um, the heir, to Luxembourg, uh, Duchy, the Grand Duke, 
and uh, the king of Belgium, they both married women who had uh, minor nobility. But the majority of the others have not. They have chosen based on that partner and that they love them, period. Now I'll tell you, Prince Charles should have been allowed to marry Camilla the first time, but that was not the case. Um, they were, they were in, she, he had to marry a virgin, period. That's it. And he had no, he had no choice in the matter. Poor guy. He's a really sensitive guy. And he gets forced into having to choose a virgin of, of a, with a title, henceforth Diana. And their marriage didn't start off. It started off because she had to have certain, be certain thing on the list. No, no, thank you. But, you know, he went along with it for a period of time. And if Harry had been a girl, they may have stayed together because he very much wanted another girl. Um, pardon me, he wanted a girl. He didn't want another son. Well, that's just how, that's how the ball bounces. So when I talk with people and they're telling me they're getting married, I tell them to please consider you know, can you see yourself with this person five years, ten years from now? Have the discussions about how much, you know, how important is sex for you? How important is taking care of the money to you? Is someone, you know, a rageaholic and someone is not? Do you argue the same way? Do you laugh about the same things? Do you find one another funny? Those are important things to know. So, anyways, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little more about getting ready for wedding season. And then I'm going to talk about the funny things I've seen happen at weddings. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. think engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image, but not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that bad or gossip will only get you into trouble. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Health Day reported that research suggests that the type of carbohydrates you eat before a workout may influence how much fat you burn during your exercise session. Carbs that cause a sharp blood sugar rise are known as high glycemic index carbs, like white bread and cornflakes. 
While those that don't are called low glycemic index carbs, like yogurt and skim milk. High glycemic index carbs are known to spur a big spike in blood sugar. And the researchers believe that a meal rich in low glycemic index carbs, which elicit a lower blood sugar response, may boost the body's use of body fat for burning rather than for blood sugar. Those that ate a good breakfast with good carbs burned 50% more fat during a post-breakfast workout. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Now, one of the other things that um, when I ask people why they're getting married, if someone tells me that they're getting married because they're pregnant, you know, that's, that is a tough one to address because I have seen numerous people. I remember a friend of mine who was a therapist and she said, if you want a guy to marry you, get pregnant. I was like, seriously, even in today, in today's day and age, she was, yep. She said, that's what you'll, that's what you'll see. And particularly if it's a boy, if the child is a boy. And, but I've also watched people get married, you know, get, you know, have to get married from family pressure because she was pregnant. One girl was 17, one girl was 19, one girl was 21, one girl 23, another. And in three of those cases, they miscarried. And so there was no reason for them, you know, yet there they were. They'd already, you know, become, you know, legally combined. Another thing I ask people to look at is, you know, looking at the money, looking at the day-to-day things. And there was a show that at one point had a character, and he said, we come from, you know, I'm going to ad-lib on this. We come from very different worlds. We have very different lives. Let's talk about what a, a regular day in our life is going to look like. And... I remember that was one of the smartest things that I ever heard this one man ask a woman because they really didn't know much about one another. He had children. She was moving, you know, from another country to be with him and, you know, knew the city, but it was also a completely new environment for her. So it was, what is our day-to-day stuff going to be like? What are we going to be doing? And the important thing for this is, you know, uh, get up in the morning and have coffee. Um, I like to have a latte. I, you know, where I'm here right now, I watch this particular program in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. And so there were all the things they knew what their day-to-day routines were. Now, you're typically probably going to know that if you've been living with someone. But if you haven't, you need to find out. You need to know, you know, yes, you'll find out, you know, other things, but you really, the more things that are 
familiar for you, the easier things are going to be. Um, I, when, when I was speaking of the crazy things that you've seen happen at weddings, um, I've never seen anyone, you know, pull out a gun and shoot anybody, thank goodness. I've never seen people get into a huge brawl, although I know that happens. I am aware, I have one woman I know who was stood up at the altar twice by the same man. Um, needless to say, she never did marry, but she did live with someone, you know, and has lived with them for years. Um, but, and, you know, came from a phenomenal family. She was amazing. But this was a guy who, obviously, you know, he didn't have the cojones to tell her, I can't do this. And so instead, he ran away. Now, not only did he run away, he crossed the border into another country. <laughs> I mean, it was like, this was like serious runaway groom. I have seen the wedding cake fall over, for sure. I have seen people crash weddings. Like the, the reception or whatever it was that they were at with you know, in another area, uh, this happened to be at a private club. It actually was my older sister's wedding. <laughs> all of a sudden, there were all of these people. And, of course, you don't know who's who or who's friend or, you know, who the people are. And finally, someone went up and asked these people, are you with the bride and the groom? And they said, neither. And they said, well, then what are you doing here? And they said, well, this was like much more fun party than the other one that we were at. Really? <laughs> but, I mean, I... I've seen, you know, the father of the bride step on the, you know, the train and the veil, you know, the, the bride, you know, grinds to a halt. But the majority of weddings that I've been to have really, they've been sweet, they were well-intended, and, you know, the people were really genuine about what they were doing. I have also seen weddings, one in particular, where this woman would, excuse me there, unfortunately, there is this really bad car dealership that happens to be around the corner from here. And they have all these guys who drive bleh, bleh, vehicles. It's like, really, your penis is that small? Seriously, guys. It's like, it's like as soon as I hear that, it's like the, the really question mark goes above my head, like, really? Anyway. But there is one where this woman, she would just as soon have been drowned in that pool. She was so not even the least bit into marrying this guy. She wouldn't look at him. She looked down at the ground. She looked up in the air. It was like one of the most uncomfortable weddings I have ever seen in my life. The other thing, you know, make sure that you've got your preparations in place. There's enough, there's enough stress with this without having someone else go nuts and bonkers. And if someone behaves badly, get rid of them. Get them out of there, get them, you know, out of your, you know, wedding party or what, whatever. This is supposed to be something that's shared between two people and their family. Now, the important thing is, how important is marriage to both of you? That's what I ask them. And for some people, it's important because I remember one guy saying, well, I can't divorce my wife because there's never been a divorce in my family. And I just looked at him and I said, so you're going to spend the rest of your time with this woman who makes you totally insane? You didn't know she was like this when you married her. But he stuck with it. Um, but there's, you know, there, sometimes it's just easier 
to live together as long as you have the legalities clear. I mean, after a period of time, you may be considered to be, you know, common law. If there's a bunch of assets for one person coming in and the other one, make sure that it's, you know, something's written down. Make sure that people know. Is there a, you know, if you're the person who has the assets, make sure you keep them protected. I mean, that's just good business sense. And the other thing is how, if you like, if you like being married, some people do. But I'll tell you, I had a conversation with, there were oh, seven women um, ranging from, you know, 40 to 65, oh, 60, 70, and all of them had been married, some married twice, some divorced, and the daughter of one of the women was there. And she literally asked, and it was a, you know, we were having a ladies' dinner party. And she asked, you know, would, you know, if your husband died, would you remarry? And all of them, every single one of them said no. And this young woman was like, whoa. And that's not surprising. And I remember what the one woman said to me, I don't want to be a nurse and I don't want to be a purse. And... So weddings are, you know, different depending on where you are in your life, whether or not, you know, do you want the companionship? Do you want someone, and someone, someone said to me the other day, well, these people, they didn't have any children, so they don't have anyone to look after them. That's not why you have children. <laughs> you do not have children, so, you know, sort of like as a, an insurance for your old age. You have children because you want to make a contribution to the world with another human being. You know, you're not responsible for their soul. They are. But when I, you know, so I tell people, look, if you want to join together with someone, live together, there are couples I know who do not live together and who are married. They like the institution of marriage. I mean, me, I could care less. Honestly, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. I was never someone who dreamt about weddings. I never thought about a wedding dress. I never thought about, none. I never planned a wedding. I never thought about it. Where my twin sister, she had hers all mapped out. I couldn't, I was like, I'm, I'm a non-bride. I'm also a non-shopper. I don't shop. I don't like shopping. So I didn't get that gene. But, you know, other people do. And But you have to know the most important things going forward. Some people are very let down after their wedding because they're no longer the center of attention. And I was speaking to someone the other day, and she made the comment, well, so-and-so is, you know, this is her future daughter-in-law, and she said, well, she's actually very needy. I'm like, oh, that, might be, that should be fun. But, you know, I, the thing that you need to know is, is the, does this person make you feel good about yourself? Do they bring out the best in you? And I saw this the other day and I thought it was so perfect. And um, it was the woman, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, who was on uh, OWN, Oprah Winfrey Network, and she was on Super Soul Sunday. And she was talking about, people always say they want to find their soulmate. And she said, really, you may not want to find your soulmate. Your soulmate is not necessarily the person that you're going to fall madly in love with. 
The soulmate is someone who is there to help you learn things and push you forward in life, to push buttons for you, to make you see yourself as you don't necessarily see you. And that may not be the person you want to come home to every day and go, hey, honey, how are you? Likely, you want someone who's going to say, hey, I think you're pretty fabulous. I like spending time with you. Let's go have a glass of wine. That's a person that you want, you know, support and love from. Soulmates aren't necessarily that. So, you know, people say, this is what I'm looking for. Um, it's like when Miss Manners made the comment about anyone who thinks that their wedding day is going to be the happiest day of their life is far too young to be getting married. And I could not agree with her more. So we're coming up to the end of the show. I trust you had some fun with this. I did. And if you are getting married or going to a wedding, if someone asks you questions, make sure you give them honest answers and tell them what you really see. Have an awesome, awesome week and get ready for wedding season. It's on its way. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 